Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the November 20th edition of the Hughes Sports Podcast. We are your home for the irrational fan when it comes to the BC Lions, Canucks, and the CFL. I am your host, Jake Hughes. Alongside me, as always, the old man. Old man, how the hell are you doing today? How could I not be doing good today? I mean, we could be doing better. Well, I mean, it would have been better if the Lions were in the Grey Cup and we beat Winnipeg. But... um, it's it's been good. It's been a good week, all in all. Yeah, no, it's been it's been fantastic, and we um, had a fantastic, fantastic Grey Cup this year, which was a lot of fun. Um, we are having some minor technical difficulties, I believe. I can hear you. I just believe it might be through the different microphone. Oh, really? Okay. I, I just no realized it now. Way to tell me, like when we're on the air, buddy. Yeah, you know, hey, at least I noticed now and not like at the end of the episode. But while you're dealing with those issues, I'd like to invite everyone to welcome our guest for today's show. He is a he is the co-host of the Rod Peterson show. He also is play-by-play for U Sports. His name is Darren DuPont. Darren, welcome back to the show. Fellas, good to be on. Good to be on. And yes, Kevin. Your mic is definitely not the one that uh, you're talking into. I'm with okay. On... How about oh, now? there we go. You got it. <sighs> Touchdown. That was pretty good tech support. That was. That was good tech support. I did like that all by seconds. myself yeah. too. Eh? I didn't need no studio <laughs> Millennium Falcon crap to fix it. <laughs> no, but but what he what what you guys don't see, he's got big buttons on his screen that I've labeled for him. Click this if this goes wrong. That's funny. <laughs> I got post I got post-it notes. Yes. <laughs> see, I can't really see you, Darren, because I got post-it notes all over the screen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how you make sure you, everything gets done. Yes. Just lift them all pile up until you can't see your screen. Too funny. So how you been, buddy? I've been great. Yeah, awesome. it's been awesome. Uh, yeah, been lots going on, and uh, fresh off this Grey Cup in Hamilton, it's it's a good time to come on. Now, you, since we have talked, we're going to catch everybody up because it's been a while since you were on our show. You were on it quite a few months ago, but since then, yeah. you have made a huge move out to the Big Smoke. That's right. I haven't been on since I've been out here. No. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, yeah, out in the in the GTA, and uh, uh, the one thing I, I've learned being out here, um, and I've only been out here since the you know kind of mid to late summer, but um, four full seasons in the GTA. <laughs> Love that. I know you guys in Calgary get a little bit of this too. Uh, you actually get four seasons, but in Saskatchewan, we get winter. We get like I don't know. 18 hours of, of uh, spring, we get summer, we get about, you know, 10 days of fall, and then it's winter again. We've, here, we've been very lucky here yes. this year to get nice weather all the way through. It's been great. Like, I mean, all Grey Cup week, it was still 15 degrees. The leaves are on the trees. Like, they're just, the leaves have just started or really left the trees now. Like, only just now. And it's, you know, kind of the later stages of November. It's It's awesome. And Actually, this morning was the first couple of days like that I remember waking up and it's been minus one, minus two. So uh, <laughs> it's super mild. I just, I, I'm a fan. Okay. The big question is though, see if, see if uh, Saskatchewan's been knocked out of them. What do you call this? 
Yeah, it's still a bunny hug. And a lot oh, of for bunny sense. hugs. <laughs> I got one too. We're okay. You know what? You can say they take the boy out of the West, right? Or out of the Saskatchewan, but you can't take Saskatchewan out of the boy. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were at Grey Cup this week. Tell us about it. Grey Cup was awesome. Hamilton is a lot like Regina, I find. You know, um, it's obviously twice the size, twice the population of Regina, but it, it's pretty much the same. It's a small, it's a community atmosphere. It's all of those things, right? It's uh, very cozy. Uh, the fan base is extremely passionate. So all those things, you know, come to the surface. And the, and the festival was awesome. I mean, you had the outdoor fan fest down on James Street. Um, we were around throughout the week. Uh, great, great events from, I mean, it started with the media party. Uh, that was hosted by Dave Naylor, and it was at the Hamilton Club. Very, very nice event. Treated us really well. All the way to, I mean, Saturday was awesome with the parade. And the Calgary um, the Calgary Great Cup Committee always has the pancake breakfast every year. And I yeah. just thought that was awesome. So hit that up two or three different times. They, You know what? And it's genius. They, they've been doing this. I mean, stampedes and everything else. They have this down to a science. Like... They don't even hand out cutlery or plates for the pancake breakfast. It's two pancakes, sausage in the middle, throw some syrup on, and it's like a little sandwich. And to be honest, I'm like, when, when they were going to ask syrup, I'm like, why do I want syrup? It's just going to fall right out the pancake all over myself. But it didn't. No, Jake, you're shaking your head. It didn't. It, it, like, it gets absorbed into the pancake, into the, into the, it's out. Of, it's delicious. It's great. It's the greatest. So anyways, that was awesome. Walked the street, did all the fan fest, and then. You know, at the Hamilton Convention Center where all the team party headquarters were. And um, it, everything was just top to bottom, really well done. That is cool. And yeah. then, of course, the game. I have been watching the CFL now for 50-plus years. Um, yeah. Probably 59 years, I'm sure, when I was just uh, one month old or two months old. Mom held me in her arm while she was yelling and screaming at the TV. Um, I don't, I can't remember that much fun, having that much fun watching a game. And I wasn't at a party. It was just Allison, myself and Jake watching the game. Uh, so it was a quiet affair, but was, you were there. Was it as exciting to be there? The, the game itself, it was everything around it was awesome. You know, from the pregame, um, again, the tailgating, the atmosphere to, um, you know, halftime, the game, and then the game itself. I mean, the game delivered on so many levels. Oh, goodness. I know. And there were so many great storylines. And the greatest part about it, you know, forget about the comeback and the final drive from Cody and the touchdown to Tyson Philpott. I mean, that's signature stuff that will live on in Grey Cup lore forever. Like, it's going to go down. We had the poll on the show today. That might be, it, well, not might be. It's one of the greatest Grey Cups of all time in terms of the game and everything and the result and all of that. I don't know if it's number one. We had 89 on there. That was big. You know, Rod brought up 05. That was a double overtime game in 05. Yes. Like, how do you get better than that, kind of? But this kind of was in its own way. But what was really great about this is nobody lost, right? Like, nobody, it, nobody made mistakes that led to the game, you know, yeah. going one way or the other. This wasn't a team blew it, right? Winnipeg made plays. Montreal made more of them. Winnipeg didn't capitalize late when they had a chance. You know, they, they had the lead, but they didn't run enough clock out. 
Montreal got the ball back and, and finished it off. It wasn't like Winnipeg blew it, right? It wasn't like Montreal stubbed their toe or, you know, we're looking at somebody to blame, right? It was simply like nobody's blaming any one person on, on Winnipeg it's or true. any one play. We're looking at only the positives. I think that's just, it's real. That's what makes it, you know, tells you it was a great game. Definitely. Definitely. Um, now from a, you obviously, um, engulf yourself in sports you live it 24 hours a day basically yeah. um when you look at a game like that um i know you had brought up the offensive coordinator for montreal and i'm sorry the name's anthony calvio cavillo um you gotta give that you gotta give that game to him i mean it was a master game plan well it was and i mean we don't really know how montreal comes up with their game plan like Again, I had talked about this on the show today because, you know, some people pointed it out, but, you know, we believe Jason Moss is the one actually calling the plays down on the field, um, you know, and in Cody's ear. But Anthony Calvillo is the offensive coordinator. He's upstairs. He's got the headset on. He's also the quarterback coach. And when I watched this game, like I grew up watching Anthony Calvillo play football and dominating the Canadian Football League. I mean, I have early memories of him when, in, with Las Vegas. And that's way back in the 90s before he ended up, you know, ever coming to Montreal after Tracy Ham did his thing and won, you know, um, great cups and did his thing. But this this just reminded me of Anthony Calvillo. I, I know his, like whether he was calling the plays or not, his fingerprints were all over this game and this offensive game plan. And Cody, I mean, put a different jersey on him or a different number and a different helmet. He looked like Anthony Calvillo. I'm not saying he was he's a Hall of Famer. But, I mean, Anthony Calvillo just picked defenses apart, right? And, and Cody kind of did that. Checked it down, get the ball into your playmaker's hands, out in the flats, take that pass to Ben Cahoon over the middle, right? The safe, high percentage throw, you know, always open. And then, bing, down the field to Jamel Richardson. Bing, down the field, right? And that's what he did. It was down the field to Austin Mack. It was down the field, right? And then it was, you know, leading that game-winning touchdown, which we didn't think Cody had that in him. And I say we, I mean the media, like, Nobody thought Cody, you know, we thought, okay, great. He, he got them this far, it was close, but can he really engineer a last minute drive 85 yards down the field? It's probably, you know, clock's going to strike midnight. He's going to turn into a pumpkin, right? But no, he didn't. And Calvillo wouldn't have done that either. Smart plays, throwing it up, not trying to do too much. Just put it up, let your receiver make plays. And then, and then that call, you know, to get Phil Pot in the end zone had, you know, man coverage and, it just reminded me a lot of what Anthony Calvillo used to do over yeah. and over and over. Well, I, I, go ahead, Jake. I was saying it was crazy to me because in the first half, and we talked about it um, during the game yesterday, it didn't seem like Montreal had their anything really going. They were kind of feeling it. It felt like they were feeling things out. So the adjustments that they made, whatever they were, whatever Calvillo saw from up top clearly got through to to make those adjustments and be able to hit those again you saw a lot of those passes to the flat screen passes which then ended up getting the dbs to jump forward allowing those big bombs to go to phil pot right also took some of the linebackers out of the box too which allowed yeah. william Stanback to have more room running the football it was uh, you know between calvillo and moss they probably deserved the credit together but you know and obviously cody for executing but that was big i look back at the first half and to me, it was that second Winnipeg possession that really was a turning point for me. 
they came down and scored and got in the end zone. And the second time, it was the second time around, they were driving again, and Montreal forced them to a field goal. Yes. And I thought when they forced them to a field goal, it was just 10-0. That gave the Alouettes time to kind of get going. And, and you know, Cody came right back, put seven on the board, and all of a sudden, right, it's 10-7. And, and, and it's a football game, right? If it was 14-0, you know, and there was a couple other times. There's one other time that, you know, the forcing a field goal when Winnipeg had all the momentum. Um, I thought that was huge. I mean, obviously, we look at the end of the second quarter and not getting any points down at the goal line was tough for Montreal, but they got the ball back to start the second half, and they didn't let it phase them. I thought the resiliency from Montreal was pretty impressive. Now, you're, well, Jake, Jake and I had this conversation at the at halftime. Um, yeah. You're a football guy. Do you take If you're coaching, do you take the points? Never. Do, do, do you, <laughs> never. He doesn't I mean... <laughs> If you're taking the, I mean, look, in today's football, if you're taking the points, you're just playing hindsight, right? I don't, I don't imagine that too many people are there in live action in the second saying, no, take the points, kick the field goal, right? It's always afterwards we're crying. They should have taken the field goal, right? I, I wish they would have mixed it up, maybe gave William Stanback a run. Um, yeah. I, I saw this too. Somebody, you know, one of the guys on TSN talked about it and I agreed. You know, or at least keep them in the backfield because at least that makes your linebackers wait, hesitate a little bit, uh, or your lineman before just cutting the line. Um, you got to at least think that they might go to them. So at least I would have tried that on second down. But no, I think you go for it because it's such a big moment. If you put seven on the board, it just changes the game. I know three sucks, but you also know you're getting the ball back to start the third quarter. And, and you don't want to go into the locker room saying, look at, you know, we're just going to take the points and we're just going to be, you know, we're gonna play we're just happy. yeah, we're just happy to be here. You were happy to get the points because if they have that mentality, then what mentality do they have in the late fourth quarter? Well, yeah. Probably a conservative one where they just take a field goal and get the game into overtime. That's right? exactly what I was so thinking I, as you were saying that. The mindset was there at the end of the second quarter, it was there in the fourth quarter, and ultimately it won them the game. And you're right, and it did. Uh, you look at that um, – third and five play um, oh. would have been real easy to try running or try a six yard pass. What do they do? What was it? 15, 20 yards? Well, yeah. I mean, that, that was a great call, but also Cody, I'm sure there was, you know, looking back on it underneath options, he could have rolled out. And to be honest, like the Cody, we know, um, I don't want to say we know, but like the Cody through the year and the Cody last year, would have tried to tuck that and run himself. Yes. You know, really quick to use his legs, but he trusted it. And, you know, to be honest, that might not have been the call at the line. It would have been, here's your options. But when you notice you got, you know, they're coming down and you got man coverage out there, you know, he threw up a great ball and gave his receiver a chance to go get it. Yeah. And what a catch. I mean, it oh, was... game on the line. <laughs> yeah. Talk about clutch. Yeah. Um, we were talking before we went to the air, so we got, we got to touch on it. Green Day, halftime show. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go down as one of the best halftime shows. Um, for a lot of people, the best. That's a little recency bias, but um, it was awesome. I thought it was great. It, you know, For me, it's a 9 out of 10 because it was, I mean, they came out with energy. They played a new song that nobody knew, but it was energy. Had people Googling it. They played the hits. Um, you know, all the ones you could sing along to. They embraced Hamilton. 
and the Grey Cup, you know, with a little bit of what Billy Joel did in changing up some of the lyrics. He grabbed a phone from the crowd. That was neat. And if you were on the Grey Cup Festival uh, Twitter account, they actually have the video up there. Looks awesome. Um, electric, energetic. They sounded great. Checked a lot of boxes. And it really presented well on television, which is great. But my my the only reason you don't get a 10 out of 10 is I, again, I talked about it today on the show. I hate the halftime being stuck in the end zone. Yeah, I hate it. Put I was at, you know. Field. It needs to be at midfield. If I bought a ticket on the far 20-yard line and I can't see green, like I'd be so upset. Um, <laughs> it does present well on TV. It makes for a clean setup and takedown. You can use the jumbotron behind in the end zone um, as part of the set. I think those are all great things. But I, I really think the fans in the building, you do a disservice when it's not out at center field. I know it takes more time to set up and take down. And the tighter the game, the more fans that watch. If it drags four, five, six hours, that's tough. But that's my biggest pa- – I don't complain about a lot, Kev. <laughs> Jake, I don't. I don't like to complain. That's the one for me, my one pet peeve. And really, if that's our only complaint, or yes. as I said to Jake, you know it was a good halftime show when people were complaining because they didn't play this song or that song or this song or that. Like I read five or six different tweets right away going, well, they didn't play this song. And they named six or seven different songs. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this, this band was big if they had that many hits. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, and it felt like there's, I don't want to say some performers don't take it as if it's a, a big show. As soon as they came out onto the stadium, it felt like it was their show that we were there to watch compared yeah. to them being a halftime show. And it really yeah. adds that little extra importance to it, right? I think that's what was so cool about it is it was a big deal. And, you know, from Carrie Underwood on Friday, actually go all the way back to Thursday's awards and, and then the Shaggy performance Thursday night and Carrie Underwood Friday night. And you've got Green Day on Sunday at halftime. Just the fact that whether you're a fan or not a fan, whether it's a good short, it's a name, huge name recognition, and it just it just adds credibility to the whole thing. Not that you know it's too bad, you know, Grey Cup shouldn't need credibility, but it it does. It helps, and it was it was awesome. They put on a great show. Oh come on! I mean, we look at the Super Bowl. Everybody talks about halftime. They don't talk about the game itself. Yeah. It's the halftime exactly. show, right? Um. Now, let's talk about what you've been up to, because you've been up to a lot of stuff since you moved. <laughs> you've been doing some calling. You've been doing some play-by-play. Tell us about the what you've been doing. Yeah, I've been, been really, really busy. Uh, among other things, um, the biggest thing on the calendar has probably been the Canada West football season. Yeah. And it, it wrapped up a couple of weeks ago, just before, the week before uh, the Grey Cup. Um, and then, you know, the Vanier Cup's going to be this coming weekend which is awesome. It's just three hours down the road in Kingston from where I'm at. But uh, it was a good season, and it was a, a pretty entertaining one, too. And we got a great final game in the, in the Hardy Cup, the, the conference's championship game. Uh, it was a you know one-point win, came down to the final play of the game with no time on the clock to tie it and the extra point to win it for UBC uh, over Alberta. It was, it was really great. And in your neck of the woods, uh, the Calgary Stampeders, or Stampeders, the Calgary Dinos gave us some late season fireworks and almost snuck into the playoffs after, you know, everybody in the conference thought they might not win a game all year. So uh, if not for the most bizarre play I've ever seen, they make the playoffs. I mean, 
<laughs> that's going to go down as as just one of the most wild things ever. And and to be honest, you know, Manitoba on that final play of the game, last you know in regulation, last game, play of the regular season, a thirty yard scoop and score off a fumble recovery, um, still lost the game by the way, um, but they lost it by enough by a few enough points that they won the tiebreaker over man over Calgary to get into the playoffs. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was pretty, pretty wild, pretty bizarre. Well, well, I know cause the officials room were very in, like we want to know what's going on with all the games. And I was in the dressing room during the, um, the last weekend there of the regular season. And everyone's wow. like refreshing their phone being like, does anyone have any other updates? Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, it's close. Like we, we don't know yet. Like someone's trying to get the U sport up on their phone. And it just, it makes it so much more exciting when the last weekend of a, of a season means something. I know. And before I forget, I, cause I'm supposed to pay attention to the chat, Jake, your secret yeah. admirer, your stalker has joined us. Chase Paul wants to <laughs> pop in and say hi from CFL <laughs> Chatter. He has a little bit of a crush happening on Jake. <laughs> I think, I I think just as much you as me. <laughs> no, he t- he came out and told us today. I'm too old for him. So <laughs> everybody needs a stalker. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Oh, too funny. Too funny. Welcome, Chase. Thanks for tuning in. Do you ever check out CFL Chatter, Darren? Random thought? Yeah. Randomly. It does, you know, pops up here and there, but uh, um, they don't they don't stalk me, so uh, <laughs> not a big enough deal yet. You d- you don't you don't post. If you posted, they would stalk you. Trust if you, me. I was saying, right. It's not even if you post. If you if you post and you and you poke poke them a little bit. Just a little Okay. Smurf Mafia, that's where Smurf Mafia started. (laughs) Really? That's where it started with CFL Chatter. They are the Mafia crowd. (laughs) Too funny. So what what are we doing? What are we doing now that football is over? You were doing play-by-play. What are we doing going forward? Yeah, we rest a little bit, which is good. Get a chance (laughs) to maybe stay in one place uh, for a little bit. But no, it's, you know, you regroup throughout the, this is the time of year now to reflect a little bit and start to, planning and then hit the road back in 2024 but lots on the you know on the path uh obviously with the show but um um actually one of the other things i've been doing a lot of is you know randomly a lot of curling so uh oh, really? that's on the yeah that's on the horizon a little bit in 2024 is a little more curling especially on the mixed doubles scene that's been something that's been new to me i've done the fours a lot um some curling play-by-play but I started doing the mixed doubles, and they've got a great new event, new world uh, super series that I've been slowly getting involved with. It's been just a ton of fun um, with the best curlers in the world, and they're all ramping up towards what should be a better Winter Olympics the next time around in, in the mixed doubles game. It's kind of slowly getting introduced, and now um, you know it's getting more high profile, and people are now playing it year-round at a really high competitive level. So uh, it's called the mixed doubles super series it's a world tour and uh there's been a lot of events around canada um one in sherwood park one in uh just outside of vancouver uh in chilliwack and uh they're they're popping up all over the place so that's been a lot of fun in calgary here at one time recently may have been or coming to calgary but yeah i've never seen something about it um and it is that's going to be sounds like it's going to be the new big thing and for curlers that's pretty cool Instead of just having it twice a year where you have the Scotties and the, what's the other one? Scotties. The Scotties and the Briar. Well, 
Yeah, I mean the the grand slams go, but they they go largely un you know celebrated. Obviously, the Briar and the Scotties are the two big ones throughout the year, um, no doubt. And we'll be involved with that coming up in the uh, in the winter and the spring. Um, it's coming back to Saskatchewan this year, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, curling weirdly is going to jump to the forefront in 2024 for me, and and hopefully uh, get back in cool. the ring too. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Now, I know we don't have a whole lot more time with you. Go ahead, Jake. Before, sorry, before you uh, jump on the last question there, because you mentioned the Olympics, and yeah. I know you were down in the States for the flag football championships, and they announced that the flag football will be coming to the Olympics. Super cool. I yeah. just wanted to get your opinion on that, because there has been rumors that the NFL is actually going to be pushing their stars to play in the flag football. Um, well, they should, game. they should. And, and the way the Olympic schedule lines up, NFL players will be able to go and wow. the NFL won't have anything. They won't be able to stop it if they wanted to, because it's a break in their schedule. It's before training camps, before the season. And there's nothing in the contracts that say they, they couldn't do it. The only people it might affect are rookies. Rookies have rookie camp and they've got a mini camp. And that kind of overlap with the Olympics, depending on the schedule. So rookies coming into the coming into the league may not be able to due to other commitments. But any of the vets, anybody who's been around, they'll all be able to play, um, which will be really intriguing. The question for me is, what does the CFL do? Because if I'm the CFL, this is the biggest opportunity to get our players on the map, right? And if I'm Randy, now, I mean, you can crap on CFL 2.0, you know, talk about you got to take care of, you know, our teams first. But if you want to advance the global game in, in any way at all, you have to get your players in the Olympics. Do you not? Like, and you think so. It's in July. So can we have a one or two week pause in the season? You're going to need at least two weeks probably because you're going to need time to get together and practice and actually be ready. Um, or a selection process, and then you got to get there and play. Um, I would go so far as to say this is so important for the CFL to be at the Olympics that I would I would shorten the season for a year. You know, if you're going to have 18 games, I'd have a 15 game regular season for one year if it means I can get the players at the Olympics. Now they can probably every team's got bye weeks and stuff, and we can probably find a way to shorten the season and give teams a less bye week. And that'll be something that is going to have to be dealt with, you know, in collective bargaining and the CBA um, and player rights and things like that. But I think it's so important for players to be there. And you know what? Why not? I mean, I, I can see it. And I think, uh, I think it'll be interesting. Because as you said, I was down in shit for this, you know, in the IFAF uh, world champion, the America's world championships. Um, it's such a different game and they're so talented. Like USA has the men's and women's national team that kind of play and train together. There's some former NCAA guys on there. Um, it's a, it's a different game. I don't know how some of the NFL guys would adapt to it. That's what I was thinking. But obviously a lot of them, I mean, Tyree kill when you're fast and you can, you know, play, he can play any type of game. He can play flag football. He can play touch football. He can play tackle football. It's just uh, getting being able to get those reps in to know what you're doing and the different rule sets and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's just some little nuances, you know, um, things that are really, you see a lot in flag football, 
is multiple quarterbacks on the field at the same time. You know, when you're rushing the quarterback, you see a lot of throwbacks. Like, I'll throw it across the field and throw it back just to get you away from that rushing player to give you more time, right? So those little nuances come into it. It will be fun. It will be a lot of fun. And if the NFL and CFL are there, that's just going to create a whole lot of fireworks. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine the hype? Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. And you know, it's funny because obviously I knew that it was happening, but I never put together that this is an opportunity to um, for the NFL and the CFL. It really is. And to be honest, if the NFL jumped, jumps on this, and I know NFL Canada has already kind of jumped on this. They've, you know, There's been yes. a conversation with Football Canada about what can we do to make sure that these Canadians playing in the NFL – are representing Canada at the Olympics. So the CFL needs to jump on this or they could get left behind pretty quickly. Interesting. This is something we need to make note of, Jake, and uh, follow yeah. up on. Very cool. Of course. Good question. Um, I know you're a hockey guy. That's your first love. Um, how, how do you like them Canucks? Yeah, I would. I saw. I saw a couple of memes. I'd be careful not to celebrate too fast, right? I saw it was a, a podium. I don't know if you saw the picture, right? And the, and the Canuck guys popping the champagne, right? You saw that. It's pretty good. Um, but you know what? Uh, it's still early, but man, is it fun. And Rick Tockett is getting the most out of these guys. Um, he's got them buying in. And the biggest thing I see is even if they don't have great starts, they find a way to stay in the game, yes. continue to battle. And I know it's not, you know, they slowed down a little bit, but yeah, they are so much fun to watch. They're getting great goaltending. And for me, Quinn Hughes has just been lights out. Um, what a treat that guy is to watch, man. Oh. So much fun. So yeah, it's it's a fun time to be a Canuck fan. And as, a, as a Canucks fan, it's nice to finally see the national media understanding why Canuck fans have been outraged the last few years of being like, not even in the Norris conversation. And we've been watching this and now all of a sudden it seems like the pieces are getting there together for him. Yeah. But do you guys like, when you say nice to see the national media, I remember when you went on, you know, the run and even what year was it that you were the last Canadian team left going? Was that coming out of the bubble? Two. Um, two. Uh, yeah. We were in the bubble, in the bubble yeah. playoffs. Right. And, you know, but but especially the last time you made the run, um, I remember being all excited and, and thinking, this is great. This is Canada's team now. And the story from Canucks fans were, don't cheer for us now. No, no, you're <laughs> Canada's team. This is our team. You if you're not from off. here, we don't want you. And it I felt like I you didn't, you know, Canucks fans were like, no, we don't want the media attention now. If you don't want us, but, but it's like. I think, the, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, I mean, we are the butt of a lot of jokes. We've never won a cop. And on top of that, Damaged, for base. many, many years there, because we were so good, everyone hated us. So I was like, oh, you hate it. You, you hate us. And now we're the only, the only option left. So now you love us. No, 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 no. See, we have a toxic relationship with our hockey team. We don't need one with the rest of Canada. But that's the, that's the, like, that is the telltale signs of a of a of a damaged fan base. You <laughs> been, and, and you guys have been through a lot. And trust me, Vancouver's my second team. But you know, I, I don't think that was ever the sentiment of the the of Canada hating Vancouver. 
Um, again, I don't know where that comes from, but but I do I do understand. You know, never uh, you know it's it always Toronto, it's always Montreal. When you're in a toxic relationship, it's literally you're looking over your shoulder constantly going, everybody knows I'm in this toxic relationship and I hate it. <laughs> the other part of it too, is you think that Canada forgets about you. And, and, and the, the thing is, and I, this is what I learned being out here, your games are on and everybody else has gone to bed, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's hard when there's a seven o'clock game. It's games already 10, 10 o'clock. or 11 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. It's not over until it one o'clock in the morning. Darren, beginning of the season, texted me one night at right near the end of the game. My first question was, why are you still awake? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the Vancouver is the like a great sports watching market because the first game of the night comes on at four o'clock. The second game's at seven. All sports are done. And then you can go out. <laughs> yep. It's perfect. It is. Definitely. Well, my friend, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we we so appreciate your your support. Been a blast. Excellent. We'll be in touch, my bud. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Darren. Again, if you guys want to check out Darren, you can see him daily on the Rod Peterson Show everywhere that uh, you get Game Plus TV or on YouTube. Am I missing any other plugs there, Darren, for you? That's perfect. Yeah, YouTube, uh, Game Plus TV, and the podcast. And watch him on Instagram. He has some cool stuff he does on Instagram. <laughs> Thanks. I've been loving the TikToks personally. So nice. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. Awesome, Darren. Thank you so much. See Talk you to you later. Awesome, buddy. Perfect. Well, that was a that was a super fun conversation. I can't believe it's already been thirty minutes into the show, and I feel like we just started talking. And just again, every time we talk with Darren, it's just. Feel like we just scratch a surface with him. Oh yeah, we could go on and on with Darren for hours and hours and not get bored. Exactly. No. Um, is there anything you want to talk about before we move on to our Vancouver Canucks? Is there anything you want to talk about about the Grey Cup that we didn't touch on with? Well, uh... And it was unfortunate because we kind of ran out of time with Darren because I promised promised him we'd only be fifteen to twenty minutes and we were a half hour. <laughs> but. Um, I guess the big question coming out now is um, Winnipeg. What happens in Winnipeg? Because there's a lot of players that are on rookie contracts that are expecting a big payday. And with the with the cap, the CFL cap, Winnipeg's not going to be able to keep all these players. So um, the offseason, I wrote an article that I think is up now, is it not? It is up. It was up uh, earlier today, yes. Um kind of going over what's going to happen in each um, city um, in, with each team in the off season. And I think Winnipeg is going to be the one most people are watching. I mean, yeah, you have great stories in Hamilton. Is Bo, is Bo gone? Does Bo go? Um, does he go to, does he go to TSN? Does he end up coaching? Does he want to play one more year? Um, really? Does somebody want to take a chance and let him play for one more year? You've got, um, Ottawa, it's a mess. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. No, right? you've also got Edmonton, who, again, we talked about last week. It's not a complete mess, but now there's talk that they might go private. Well, yeah, that it was uh, really. Uh, did you see that? Were you here when uh, that for that uh, interview with the TSN? No. Um, can't think of the reporter's name and the commish. And I was really impressed because he held his feet to the fire. Like first, the first one was 
so what's up with the no French in the stadium? Um, and the commission, you could just see him go red. He, he wasn't expecting the question. And then he took it from there. And are you going to intervene and let Edmonton go private? And the commissioner's like, oh, I, that's not my thing. That's, that's, they have to decide that. It wouldn't be right if I get involved. And I'm like, well, you're the commission. You should be getting involved. You Well, no, so I don't, I don't disagree that he shouldn't be getting involved. But we're so used to the commissioners in leagues like the NHL and the NBA where the commission, rather than the um, owners controlling the commissioner, the yes. commissioner controls the owners. And in the CFL, it does feel the opposite way where the owners can go to the commissioner and say, no, 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 this is what we're doing. Yes. And that's so, the way it should be. And that, if but, you can and get a majority say, of the owners to agree. Exactly. Right. If you have, if a deal comes up for Edmonton, and I know there's a few names floating out there around social media, and I don't know any of them because they're all billionaires who have too much money in, in random industries. And but we don't talk have, about sports teams being sold anymore. But if we, <laughs> but if there is a, a, a group of buyers or a, a buyer who's got a lot of money, you have to look at what Amar Doman's done in BC. Oh, and look say, what, look what's what's his name did in Montreal. Right, they, like, had, they didn't have an owner at the beginning of this season, and so you have to look at it and say, "Yeah, it sucks. We don't have a, a pu- or we only have one public team anymore." But look at the NFL. There's only one public team, one, yeah. and it's the Green Bay Packers, and that's just built in there. It's ingrained, just like I feel like Saskatchewan will never have a private owner because it's ingrained into them. They yeah. are the owners of the team, and they take pride in that. Exactly. No, I think we might see. I think uh, maybe not. For next season, but the following season, I think you might see Edmonton being sold and going private. Nothing wrong with it. Nope, I don't think so. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about that I didn't, we didn't get a chance to again because so much to talk about with yeah. um, Darren is the whole the whole week of in in uh, of CFL coverage, and maybe it's just because I've I've been more invested this year with the show. And, and the way a lot of the storylines built out, there was coverage for a week straight of the CFL from everywhere, from TSN, oh. from Sportsnet, the Rod Peterson show, multiple podcasts were out there, but it felt like they, tr- like Hamilton was like, you, 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 everyone come on in. And, and they made it an event. As, and I want to make this clear. Sorry. Hamilton Grey Cup Committee planned this. It was not the CFL. The CFL allows the uh, I'm I'm sure the CFL has input on it but they but it's run by the Hamilton Grey Cup committee Thank which you. is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I saw so much misinformation about well it's the CFL ran it. why is that why is Hamilton getting the praise? Well, you know Saskatchewan. why that is. Cuz of the debacle Saskatchewan made of the Grey Cup last year. Yeah, and you know what everyone was talking about how terrible Saskatchewan Grey Cup committee was. Yeah. And how they did they weren't prepared for anything. And they, they were like, oh, it's not our fault. It's the CFL. No, it's your fault. Um, my big thing coming out of it, Hamilton did such a good job. As we know, 2024, November 17th, 2024, PC is hosting the Grey Cup next year. And they got some big freaking shoes to fill. They do. And Hamilton raised that bar. They did, which is great. Like I, what I hope is that Every team, I don't know how far ahead they've announced Grey Cups because I don't only pay attention to the next one. 111 is in Vancouver. And I yeah. hope the Vancouver committee watched that and said, this is what they did great. This is what we can improve. 
and improve. So that whoever gets 112 looks at and says, Vancouver did this well, and this is where we think we can improve and improve. And every year we get bigger and better and more successful. Well, and 2025 goes to Winnipeg. They need to build, start building a new stadium. And, I, and I'm not even being joking. Winnipeg? They need to, start, they need they, to build more fans because they'll fit all of Winnipeg oh, in there if you build it big enough. I was going to say, they just built a new not, stadium. Sorry, not a new stadium, but just extra seating. Oh, yeah. 32,000 isn't enough or 35,000, whatever they're... Um, um, Chase, if you're still listening, tell me um, what your stadium... I think, isn't Chase a part of the mafia? I don't know. I think he is. He also think thinks we're brothers fan. somehow, so... Huh? He thinks we're brothers somehow, so... <laughs> no, sisters. No, no. In chat, it says brothers. Oh, because I look so damn young. <laughs> or do I just look that old? <laughs> um, no, I think it's going to be super great. And, and I'm going to throw this out here. The, the reason we are pushing for likes and subscribers and for you to mention it to your friends is next year, we want to take this show to Vancouver. We want to bring you guys interviews. We want to bring you guys on the journey with us. I have a plan if things go the way they go for us to bring you guys with us on this on this journey. And that's why we're pushing for that 500 subscribers. We, we're up to 50 odd now, 450 away. But I want to keep growing. I want you, if you're listening to this right now, no matter where you are, I want you to stop what you're doing. Stop. We're going to take We're going to take a breath. Once you hit that share button on your phone, and I want you to scroll through your phone until you find a one person who likes the CFL, one person who likes the Vancouver Canucks, and just share it and say, "Hey, this episode's great. Give them a listen." Yes. And then comment their names if you're watching on YouTube. Good plan. We'll give them a shout out. Yeah, I'll, everyone who comments, we try to give a shout out. Like I saw my mother in the chat earlier today. I'm talking about why we had an American band and I've already gotten into that with her yesterday. So I just ignored it. No offense, mother, but um, they're a huge band. That's why, that's why I I, I always get, I kind of chuckle when I um, hear people, but they're American. Who cares? It's, it's, you know, you know who else, you know who did the Super Bowl? You know who did the Super Bowl one year? Justin Bieber. (laughs) You know where he's from? Canada. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but we do need to talk about our beloved Vancouver Canucks. We do. Um, we had a very rocky week this week. Um, one win, two losses. Those two losses are against Calgary and Seattle. And those two games, we didn't look good. Now, the Calgary game, I will give them a scheduled loss. Despite the fact that Calgary is a really weak team. It, we played till overtime in a very emotional game with Bo Horvat's comeback. A, a comeback from behind... Overtime victory. Yes. Then jumped into a plane, flew to Calgary, and played the next day. It's true. Then we flew back home and played Seattle. Yep. And that effort was just as dismal as it was against Calgary. I think, and obviously I'm a homer. Obviously, that's why we're here talking. Here, we don't call ourselves homers. We're irrational fans. Irrational fans. Thank you, Rod Peterson. He's the one who coined that phrase for us. Um, they just got, they just finished playing, what was it? Seven seven games and nine nights, 10 nights. Eight, uh, five and eight. Five games and eight nights. Yeah. And then. They were exhausted. 
But you could see it in the Seattle game. Yeah, Quinn but, you Hughes know what? was making so many mental errors. I was like, "What the hell?" But you you can't use that as an excuse. I'm sorry, you're a professional athlete. Yes, it's exhausting. I get it. Oh. But you know what's you know what we have now? Another five and eight. I know. I was just going to say. And then what do we do? We get another five and eight. It's the curse of living on the West Coast. You're going to have. You're going to be the one of the most traveled teams in the league. Correct. However, we we have a huge advantage now with Seattle. But we only play them three or four times. Still, but it's better than it was before Seattle was there. Yes. But when do we start looking at the quality of play, the amount of injuries? And I want to write something today, and I got really busy at work because I for- totally forgot I had uh, a volunteer thing I was doing uh, through my day job. But I want to write an article about shortening our season, shortening the amount of games. We talked because about Because the back-to-backs are killing these teams. Yeah, they're not good I, hockey games. No, if they're you not. Played, if you watch Calgary and Vancouver on that game, it was two teams that didn't look like they wanted to win, but Calgary just had that energy to keep going. Yeah, definitely, because they were at if home you, and they had the crowd behind them. If you go down to 75 games, cut out seven games, eight games, but keep the schedule length the same. Then you can get rid of those back-to-back games. You you're, you might have one or two back-to-backs, yeah. but your back-to-backs, in my opinion, the way I would break down the schedule, your back-to-back is you're in Vancouver one night, you're in Seattle the next. Yes. Calgary and Calgary and Edmonton, those are your back-to-backs. Yes. The California teams kind of have an advantage, Huge. Lump, right? Because there's the three of them, but then you have Arizona and Las Vegas. Well, and you have New York and Philadelphia. You've you, you uh, have New York and New York. You have New York and yeah. New Jersey. All those those back-to-backs nowhere near as exhausting because you're not losing an hour. You're not traveling for an hour on a plane. Yeah. Or an hour and a half. Most of the time, most of the time you're back in your own home the next day or the same day. Exactly. And you're sleeping in your own bed. Huge difference. Yeah. But these, as you started with, these are professional athletes. hundred percent. I don't feel sorry for them. I'm just making up excuses because I'm an irrational fan. See, and to me, it's not even excuses. It's, Every team, when you get your schedule out, you look at some of your back-to-backs and you say, or your schedules, and you're like, this is a loss and has nothing to do with the team you're playing. It's a schedule loss. That's what that means. If you ever hear that term, a schedule loss is a loss because the schedule is against you. Yeah. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm not upset. Now, the question being, we've lost two in a row now. Um, We played a night in 15 minutes or so, maybe 20 minutes by the time puck drops. Against... A very weak team. This they've is only, a game. They've only won three. This is a game that I don't care if you win one nothing. If you win two one, you, you need to, to go out there and no 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 no. I don't I don't care if it, you you go into overtime and give San Jose a point because let's face it, San Jose is almost almost eliminated from the playoffs mathematically at this point. Yes. You need to go out there and you need to assert your dominance. You need to assert the Vancouver Canucks, the Rick Tockett style that got us to 12-3-1. Oh, I agree. Totally. Because the last two games, we have not looked like that team where we're going to grind you out. We're going to get in the zone and we're going to wait until we break out. But at the same time, you need that win. Yes. And we talked about it in the Kraken game. There was no give up in the team. It's not like last year where you go down by a goal early and you just they you could tell the team it was just so frustrated they gave up. Yeah. 
Well, even but, Darren, I mean, Darren said it. Um, people are starting to notice what's going on out here. Um, and and we're 18 games into the season. People we're have a good footage team. now. Well, and it's, teams it's have official. footage. We're a good team. Whale team good. Right. Um, these next, we play four games this week. We play tonight against the Sharks at home. We go into Colorado. We go into... Uh, Seattle, and then we go into San Jose. Yeah, so we play San Jose twice, Colorado and Seattle. Yeah. I think you have to come out with at least winning half those games. If not, go three for four. I was going to say, to me, like a two, one, and one would be acceptable. Yeah, okay. A three and one would be ideal. I that call a three to one that... a win. Two, yeah. two, one, and one a is uh meeting acceptable. expectations two and three is a fail well you can't go two and three or oh, sorry two and two. two two and two or or one and three one i mean you could go one and three or oh and four but if that's the case we're in we got to be well not just that but like what's the difference like, well now we're six games now we've lost six games in a row yeah and Which, Jake's, I, again, I can't... Jake's going to lose it next week, people. People, people, pay if, attention. If we lose more than two games this week, Jake's going to go on a rant next week, so no, tune in. I don't think if we lose... If, yeah, sorry, if we lose more than two games. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Pay attention. Yep. Two ears, one mouth. I No, I talk twice as much as I listen, so that's, that's why... <laughs> I mean, I only have you in one ear, so I'm only using one ear, and, one, and I got a bigger mouth than my ear. Even though, you know, we got big ears, these... Lovely huge Weird. genetics. Um, <laughs> as you can see on the bottom of the screen here, you can see that the Canucks are a favorite at minus 400, which is, and I don't know how this is calculated. I only know this because I listen to people smarter than me because that's how you learn things. It is an 80% probability that the Canucks win based off of Vegas's odds. What's the 6.5? That's the over and under? Over OU, over under 6.5. So... What's the point spread? Do we know that? Um, I do have it up here. It's got to be huge if it's minus 400. Uh, so it looks like Sports Interaction has it at minus two and a half for plus 105 for the Canucks. Oh, okay. So three, I mean, a three-goal victory is a wide margin for Vancouver. Yeah. For any team. But when well, Vancouver wins, they win by five goals. Four I was going to say, it's know. not that it's been 5-2, 6-2. I mean, we've been, when we win, we win big. Well, and just looking, like looking at that, our point differential is 30 points. We have the best point differential in, in the, the league. league. And we're still sitting on what, third? Uh, we're second in the Pacific. Uh, give me one second. I don't know the full standings. Oh, okay. Um Sorry, but I think threw a curveball to you, didn't I? Maybe for the first time, I actually wasn't prepared for that. Last I checked, we were third, but I think we might be down a little bit. Let's look in the entire league. We are fourth now behind. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. We're still doing really well compared to what we thought we would be doing. Um, Tonight will be the, we have to win. I think this is a must win. I, I think I don't think okay let's let's be clear it's not a must win yeah this I think it's I don't it's we're we've we've banked so much goodwill right now I don't call this a must win this is a if you're thinking of making big changes and you see a loss out there tonight this is how big changes happen 
Then you, then you, then Myers has got to go. Oh, please make it happen. Even if we but, win, make Myers go. But to be fair, Myers hasn't been a problem. And we talked about this a couple times. Myers hasn't been that bad of a problem. He's in the last three games. He's made one major mistake. It was a major mistake because it cost us a goal. But Hughes has made more mistakes than Myers has in the last week. <laughs> I mean, and I agree. I mean, that last game, I was like, holy cow. But that's what happens. Car- Carson Soucy is out. Yes. Hughes and Ronick are playing even more. Yes, of course, right? P.O. Suter is out. And it just feels like the Canucks are just lacking that little bit of oomph. Sam Lafferty is playing in the center. and He doesn't look natural there. Kuzmenko um, up on the top line. I would not be surprised. I haven't seen anything um, as we've been getting ready for the show about lines, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if Kuzmenko was put onto a different line tonight and Connor Garland was put up with the, with the top line. Yeah. Like Tockett said pre-season, it's going to be defense by committee. So it's um, could be. He he said that, and then for the first ten games, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's been Hughes, Ronick, Susie, and Cole, and then either Juleson, Friedman. Um, or someone else with Myers. Like it's been pretty consistent it has. that those lines. So to me, that's the only thing that Rick Tockett has said where it hasn't been a hundred percent truthful. Everything else, Rick, yeah. Rick Tockett is truthful to almost a fault um, when talking with the media, which to, again, as a fan, I think it's great. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air, but. Well, I was, I was dishing on my favorite person to dish on in the Canucks. Can we dish on the favorite person I love to dish on and with the Boston Bruins? Oh, that is something we didn't talk about. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Um, Milan Lucic has been arrested on domestic abuse allegations. Um, he has been charged with assault and battery against a family member. His arraignment was originally supposed to be today. However, they have postponed it till tomorrow. Um, I don't know the reason behind that. They haven't really released it. But... Yeah. So when I first heard this, I was like, you scumbag, you dirty scumbag. Cause when they say a family member, uh, it was reported that it was him and his wife were in an argument. Um, then I, I heard that, um, in Boston, if, um, the police are called to a domestic dispute call, one member, one person has to go. And so Milan was the one that ended up going, but now, so I'm, I'm reading a report more. that was just posted an hour ago. Yeah, um, on Daily Hive by Rob Williams, very reliable source. Um, new details about the alleged attack revealed today via a police report obtained by the Boston Globe. Among the relevations, it is that Lucic allegedly grabbed his wife by the hair and tried to choke her. He began yelling at her, demanding his phone back, believing she had hidden his phone um, and that Lucic appeared intoxicated when talking to the police. So So I go back to my original statement. What a effing scumbag. My question now is where the fudge has the NHL been on this? They haven't made any statement 
Um, yes, Milan has taken a indefinite leave from the Boston Bruins and the Boston Bruins came out with a statement saying that they are there for the family and they love the family, et cetera, et cetera. The accusation alone and not a peep from Bettman and the NHL. It amazes me. Does it though? Like it really, like you ban a guy for 41 games for betting when it's everywhere in your broadcast, you're promoting it and you're doing everything. On a site that they have bet nine, nine on the side of their helmets. Now I, I still don't know everything that went into that. And I've heard he different bits betting and pieces. on hockey. He was betting on pickleball. But I believe the problem was it wasn't, Jake, there was Jake. pickleball. Pickleball. Oh, I've heard many, down. I've heard many different things. The one thing that I understand is that, there was another person who had access to his account who made a bet on a hockey game. Oh. But it wasn't him. Like, it wasn't the original holder of the... Like, he was the original holder. And his friend made the bet, which is illegal to begin with. Yes. Plus, on top of that, it's now an NHL player's account betting on NHL games. And that's where the issue, I believe, laid in. But it's been very quiet about that. Yeah. But now you have a guy who is being brought up on domestic and battery charges, not a peep out of the NHL. You've had the Kyle Beach investigation where you let go the um, GM and coach, but no sanctions to any players in Chicago with the Kyle Beach situation. And we're supposed to take this league seriously when it comes to this sort of stuff. It's... It'll be interesting to see uh, how this goes forward. And um, I guess I'm old school. Um, I was raised, you don't raise a hand to a woman um, in any any circumstance whatsoever. So um, if this guy is allowed to play, uh, play another game of hockey, there's something wrong with this league. If it's he's proven guilty. Yeah, and again... If, if that's all the NHL needs to do for me to be happy is to put out a statement saying, we understand this is the process. We are holding judgment until the that's evidence has been presented. Or he's suspended until this matter is cleared. Yeah. Right? Like, he's already taken a leave of absence, so suspending him is really just a... Um, they suspended a guy that doesn't even have a contract for 41 games. Yep. Come on. It's absurd to me, but anyway. as we are getting to the top of the hour, the Canucks are going to be taking on the San Jose Sharks. Let's go again. On. Favorite at minus 400. If you're making a bet, I would recommend making a bet on almost any other game tonight because oof, those are not great odds. If you're betting on the Vancouver Canucks. So if I bet 10 bucks, I'm going to win like $10 and 20 cents. I don't know. <laughs> you're going to, so you, you have to bet $400 to win a hundred. So if you bet $40, you'd win 10. If you bet $4, you'd win a dollar. <laughs> not very good not very good i mean great odds for the canucks to win not good if you're a betting man yes yes um yes. but before we before we go please hit that like button hit the subscribe button if you're watching on youtube drop us a comment hit the subscribe button Shh, tell us where you're watching from if you're on uh podcast or youtube share it with a friend like i said earlier in the show take a second right now 
We're going to pause. We're going to breathe. We have a ton of podcast listeners that um, we don't get on YouTube or on Facebook. If you're on, if you're listening to this on podcast, we don't ask a lot. We don't ask anything of you. We love that you listen, but we're really asking you, please, please, please go to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. It's free. It doesn't cost you a penny. You don't get a whole bunch of emails sent to you. You, The only thing you might get is, is if you click the little notification bell, you'll get an alert that we're going live when we create the events. That's yes, that's it. And you don't, if you don't click the notification bell, you don't even get those, but click those notification bells. Cause we like to, we, you want to see this live, but if you listen to it on podcast, go click that subscribe button, talk to a Please. friend. We need 500 by probably May. May would be, May would be perfect if we can get 500 by May. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Um, till next week. Till next week, check out hughsports.ca. There might be a bunch of articles going up. There might not. We don't know. Things happen. Life happens. And I commit to absolutely nothing. You beautiful human beings, the only thing I will commit to you is I will see you here with the old man next Monday night. And goodbye. Shut up,